Welcome to the All The Wiser Podcast. Here we believe your journey toward wisdom and wellness takes place in your heart and in your mind. If you're committed to grow, you have arrived at the right place to enhance your mental, emotional, and spiritual wellness. So welcome, partake in the pursuit of wisdom with us here at All The Wiser. Greetings, greetings, all the wiser family. Listen, while I love and appreciate my role as host of the All the Wiser podcast, I am first and foremost a child of God and a follower of Christ. The foundation of this very podcast is built on the transformative truths found in the Bible. You see, the Bible is full of teachings that can help us improve our ability to live better and love better. So let me ask you, Have you drifted away from consistent Bible study? Maybe Bible study has never been a fully formed habit in your life. Well, if I'm hitting home with either one of those, no worries. There is no judgment here. What I want to do is provide you a resource to help you jumpstart a new Bible study habit. Here is my suggestion to you. Download Devotionals for Wiser Living, written by me, William Boyd, for a series of Bible study devotionals that challenge you to dive deeper into the word of God and respond to your study with a prayer. God is the ultimate source of wisdom. And if you want to elevate your way of living and live more wisely, I highly suggest growing a deeper, more personal relationship with our Savior. And Bible study is a great avenue to do that. So this book will be a great starting tool to guide you on that journey and get you started. So download Devotionals for Wiser Living. The link is in the description for this session. And I highly encourage you to not only download and read for yourself, but share with others you are in fellowship and community with. Once again, Devotionals for Wiser Living. Check it out. Link is in the description. I'd love to hear more about what you all think and how it impacts your life. Many blessings. Take care. Is this content planting seeds of wisdom in your life? Is this challenging you to examine the lens through which you view the world? Well, come on, y'all. If it's good to you, be good to someone else and share this content. This is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other platforms online. So, We encourage you all to spread the word, sow the seeds far and wide. We at All The Wiser want to be as helpful as possible to many, many other hungry folks, much like yourself. Spread the word. We appreciate you. Much love. All The Wiser, welcome back, team. Welcome back family. Welcome back, listeners. My name is William. I am appreciative that you continue to return, that you have identified and associate this podcast, this content with a source of inspiration, information, and encouragement. I'm appreciative of everyone who's been listening and supporting. I hope you have been able to draw, grasp, and apply some of the truths and information 
that have been delivered over the course of this season. Y'all listen, we have rounded the corner. This is one of a few more sessions before we bring this thing to a close. It saddens me a little bit because I've experienced so much joy in crafting and communicating these messages this season, but many good things must come to an end. And season three is also one of those things. And so tune in, continue to listen. I'll let you guys know we probably have this and two more sessions coming up before the season comes to a close. So thank you again. I am incredibly appreciative for everyone who is listening, has been listening and will continue to listen. Thank you. Today, we are diving into our belief systems. And I think this has probably been a motif. This has been a theme throughout the entire existence of the All The Wiser podcast. We've tackled beliefs and belief systems from a lot of different angles. And today we're going to address some of the limiting thoughts and beliefs that permeate our mind and affect the way we behave and conduct ourselves. Listen, there is a difference between what is true and what is truth. There is a difference between what is true and what is truth. You see, true can be malleable. True can be dynamic. True can change with the seasons and settings of life. But I believe that truth is incontrovertible. Truth is static. Truth doesn't change. And let me give you just one instance illustration or example to portray my point here. I am a resident and a registered voter in North Carolina. And if you are listening to this session at the time of release, actually, I voted not too long ago, just probably about a week or two ago. And so I exercised my uh, democratic right to do so in the state of North Carolina. It's true. I live here and I am registered to vote. Now, if I move to another country, if I move to France or Switzerland or Iceland and I acquire residency there, what is true about my current state as a resident of North Carolina and a registered voter of North Carolina will change. On the other hand, I'm a human being. My heart needs to continue pumping blood through my arteries to all of my organs and extremities so I can function normally. Clogged arteries or major blood loss can cause catastrophic damage to my health. Those are truths. You see what I'm saying? Do you follow what I'm saying? Some things that we have identified and accepted as true may not be truths. And so today we're discussing this because Many of us are suffering the consequences of potentially damaging and detrimental beliefs given to us by people that may have loved us or had kind, generous intentions. And those beliefs and thoughts, we've accepted them to be true, but they may not be truths. And we have the opportunity to evaluate or reevaluate the place and the value that those thoughts and beliefs have in our lives and whether they must stay or whether they must go. I'm going to give you a couple of examples even for myself. I, I had to ask myself, who told me that? And 
Perhaps after listening to this session, I want you to ask yourself as you may start to reflect and identify some thoughts or beliefs that fit the category that we are illuminating here. Who told me that? I had to ask myself, who told me that religion is for naive, uninformed people? Who told me to stick to my own kind rather than making friends with diverse groups of people? Who told me that all wealthy people are evil and greedy? Who told me only speak when spoken to? (laughs) I know for some of you, those may sound familiar. Those are some thoughts and beliefs that I had to uh, identify and address and decide what place they held in my mind and in my belief system. And these are just a few examples that I had to sift through. So what are some of yours? Perhaps while you're listening, you may be able to identify some, maybe afterward. And I know The self-evaluation process can be incredibly difficult. It's hard to think about what you think about. But I am encouraging you to do so because this evaluation process is crucial for your growth. I like to refer to some of these thoughts and beliefs that have resided with us for a long period of time as cemented beliefs. And some of these cemented beliefs are the source of your self-imposed doubts. And these doubts are sustained by your thinking patterns. Here is the funny and sometimes unsettling aspect of all of this, is that these thoughts and beliefs may not even be right. They may simply be what is comfortable and familiar to us. And if you do do your work, follow your process and you've identified some thoughts and beliefs that you can honestly say, "Mm, this isn't right, but it's status quo. This, and I can relate, may be very unsettling for you, but this is an opportunity after you've done the evaluation to raise awareness to things that you may need to deconstruct and later reconstruct in a different, healthier Wait, but I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit here. There's a quote that really inspired this idea and this session today, and it's by Price Pritchett. He wrote a book called You Squared. And in the book, he said, your doubts are not a product of rational thinking, but habitual thinking. Years ago, you accepted flaws and conclusions as correct, began to live your life as if those warped ideas about your potential were true and ceased the bold experiment of living that brought you breakthrough behaviors as a child. How profound. Mr. Pritchett here is echoing what I have been attempting to convey and articulate to you, which is that some things that you think and some of the doubts that you project upon yourself are just a form of habit. You have never really sat down and evaluated whether or not it is true or truth. It's just the way it is. And uh, what's really neat, though, uh, is this quote shows us how we can learn so much about the undeterred, unadulterated hope and optimism that children exude. You ever watched children play or have you ever talked to a child, maybe elementary school child, and you ask them the age old question, what do you want to be when you grow up? 
for us, sometimes the questions are utterly hilarious. They want to be astronauts and doctors and trashmen and veterinarians, and they want to do it all in one lifetime. It's beautiful. It, it, it's heartwarming. We, some of us may look at it as naive, perhaps, but isn't there beauty and naivety? And really, if we dive deeper into it, why is it naive? Perhaps it is naive because the children, as Price Pritchett has said in his quote, have not yet accepted conclusions about life as correct that may not in fact be correct they have not encountered and accepted the limiting beliefs that many of us eventually come in contact with and so the world is theirs the opportunities are open and their optimism is endless young children's minds and spirits differ from ours as they have yet to be halted by the fears doubts and pain projected onto them by their adult counterparts. And even when we look biblically, we see there is a beauty and in having a childlike faith. In the Gospels of Matthew and Mark, in Mark 10, uh, Jesus is hanging out, doing what he do. And he is, um, some people send a group of children to him but his disciples, the men who had chosen to leave the life they were comfortable with and the life that they were familiar with to follow Jesus, the men who walked with him, kept the children away. They saw the children as a nuisance. They saw no importance or value in Jesus encountering or engaging with children. And Jesus' response was that of anger and indignation. In Mark 10 and, and also in Matthew, I don't remember the chapter here, but he says, uh, the text says that Jesus is angered when the disciples try to keep a group of children away from him. And he embraces them, he lays hands on them, and he uses the children to convey the value of innocent, uninhibited faith. In fact, he says those with a faith similar to a child, a childlike faith will inherit the kingdom of God. That's powerful. That's impactful. That should open our eyes and see how great, how beautiful, how freeing and powerful it is to find a way in some respects to return to a childlike state in the sense of our faith. And in this context, and in this case, in terms of our beliefs and our thoughts, what I am arguing is similar to how we can learn a great deal about our faith and the kingdom of God from children. We can also set ourselves free from our imprisonment if we attempt to trace some of our nagging doubts and beliefs back to the inner child within us. I am arguing. I am delivering this proposal to you, if you will. Let's go back to go forward. Let's take a moment and review so that we can move ahead with 
out the burden and weight of some of the limiting beliefs and doubts that have been placed upon us. You see, a lot of the doubts, the beliefs, the thoughts that we are addressing and confronting today are taught and may be caught, but they're not innate. You're not born with them. As stated before, we have picked up a lot of these thoughts and ideas from people who perhaps intended harm for us. But oftentimes we've picked up some of these thoughts, beliefs and doubts, limitations from those who had kind, generous intentions. However, well intentioned, though, some of those beliefs deposited within us have been corroding our optimism from the inside out. Thankfully, as we are discussing and I am challenging you to do today, you have the autonomy to perform the self-work needed to reverse the corrosion. Now, as we maneuver around the topic of self-imposed limits, I do want to clarify something. There is a difference between limits and boundaries. I want to put this very plainly. Let me put it to you like this. Saying you won't do something doesn't mean you cannot do something. There is a difference between limits and boundaries. And many folks know I am an avid reader and I suggest uh, some of Dr. Henry Cloud's books, studies, videos, content regarding boundaries. It is phenomenal and can potentially be life-changing for those who sense that they have some boundary setting and boundary maintaining issues. But I'm bringing this up because proper boundary setting allows you to take back control of your thinking and own your responsibility regarding what you accept as true. Now, perhaps some of the voices that had in the past fed you some of these not truths, let's call them not truths, may still to this day have direct channels to your mind and to your heart. You may have family members from whom you got some of these not truths from. And you still spend time with them. You still allow them to speak into your life. This this may necessitate the creation and setting of a new boundary. So let me ask you, do you ever catch yourself in the middle of projecting limits or doubts on yourselves or on others? Listen, I know I do. I know I do. And so as we round out this session and close out, I want to give some practical suggestions. If you're anything like me, oftentimes the mouthpiece that is communicating some of these limiting thoughts is the loudest when I'm tired, when I'm weak, or when I hit a moment of perceived shortcoming. It is crucial. It is crucial to get a feel for when these doubts and thoughts arise and who or what they sound like, because what you're going to do is you're going to confront these thoughts. And for some, listen, talking to themselves is strange. It's abnormal. It's unusual. And if you know anything about us here at All The Wiser, we're big on self-talk over here. We do that. Self-talk is normal. It is acceptable and it is healthy when used properly. And so the suggestion here is 
in the context of a form of self-talk. When these non-truths arise, I want you to confront them. Confronting them will help you detect what they are, what are the contents of these lies and what times or when they typically arise. Ask yourself, wait, 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 that 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 doesn't sound it sounds familiar, but it doesn't sound true. I gave you guys a few examples and personally, it helped me when I asked myself, who told me that? Sometimes you may come across a thought or an idea and you know it's not true, but it's comfortable and familiar. You may have to say, wait, 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 where did I get that from? Who told me that? Confront it. But don't stop there. In addition to confronting and the eventual removal, right? So once you recognize this is not good, not healthy, not fruitful, not beneficial, it must go. You're going to get in the habit. You're going to repeatedly talk back to it every time it tries to talk to you. And then we move into the second half. You don't stop at removal. You must diligently replace, right? So if if you're going to say, I don't want this anymore, it has to be replaced with something else. You can't leave a vacancy or a void. So in you, if you are deciding to remove, let's diligently replace. What are the thoughts you want to insert in its place, right? So when it comes for me, when it came to religion or faith, I had to insert a new thought system, a new belief. When it came to engaging with and communicating and being in community with people who looked different than me, spoke differently than me, came from different places and even believed different things, I had to make decisions as to what my belief will be regarding that. When it came to wealth building, which is something that is now of importance to me, I had to deconstruct the association between wealth and greed, wealth and evil, wealth and uh, the desire to harm people around me. I had to deconstruct that and reconstruct that and see wealth from the prism of an opportunity to help other people and use my resources to help the people around me. I had to dive deep into these things. And when I was struggling, this is these were the moments when I was struggling. Those were the moments when, for whatever reason, those voices spoke these untruths the loudest. So as we close, listen, it's okay to get outside of yourself and ask yourself about some of the thoughts, precepts, sayings that you have grown accustomed to saying to yourself over the years. Who told me that? And is it fruit bearing? Must it continue to stay or must it be removed? And if I'm removing it, what am I replacing this thought belief with, especially if it is limiting me from flourishing and thriving in my life. Just remember, guys, this season we've been talking a lot about habits and productivity and innovation. If you want different results, you must produce different efforts, but you're not going to do anything different until in your mind and your heart, you believe something different about yourself. That is why We are confronting, potentially deconstructing and reconstructing what we believe about ourself. I hope this has been incredibly helpful today. It is a constant 
uh, area of work for me. Listen, I'm in the lab. I'm in the workshop when it comes to this myself. So I wanted to invite you into shop. There's work to be done. There is a less limited version of you that I want you to introduce yourself to. The opportunity starts today. Take care.